0: <laughs> all right we're live on all mics wow, test. i feel pretty good test 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 all right let's hit it hey we're bro stop fire copy additional stop fire stop fire stop fire shooting at us shooting it off okay so is at the base of the
1: stairs white t-shirt white mail
0: all right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Shots Fired podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we brought Mark back to the show. Um, he's going to be our third leg in the podcast from now on. Uh, third leg, <laughs> third leg, the third wheel. Ah, uh, yeah. We, we're going to bring him on. Not much better, no, about third three leg. We're going to bring him on full time. Um, <laughs> the- we think Mark brings a lot of value uh, to the podcast. Ton of experience in law enforcement and. Um, yeah man we're uh we're happy to have you aboard um so welcome full time to the show
2: thanks billy yeah you yeah. too kyle
0: yeah i mean we flipped a coin yeah and yeah I it was, was
2: on that side yeah
1: I mean, I just got to work on my beard now, <laughs> so I can have the best beard on the show. <laughs>
2: like, I got to keep that going. I'm trying. I mean, yeah, like, trying. I think he
1: got me beat right now, but yeah, he does a actually. Beard. Not a
2: lot of people could pull them off, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And it's it is pretty solid. Let's do that. Let's go. with This who who ever has
0: the most gray in their beard? Oh, I'm I win. You guys are yeah.
2: actually like tied, actually. Uh, I get this patches. Though. Mark might be winning. I have some more on the side. Yeah. You have it right in front. Yeah. Anyways, let's give a, uh, we want to give a quick shout out real quick. Actually, we have a more couple of shout outs to, to get. Yeah. yeah. More no,
0: beer talk. Show. Maybe we could get a beard sponsor. Uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Be kind some of cool. good oils and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all
1: about them oils.
0: Yeah. All right. We want to give a shout out to Josh. Uh, he's a law enforcement officer up in Oregon who graciously gave us two bottles of his uh wine that his family owns at a vineyard in the Medford, Oregon area. Um Daisy Creek Winery. Um thanks Josh for the wine. If you guys wanna, you know, support your local law enforcement and you're in the Medford, Oregon area, um go check out Daisy Creek Winery and pick up yourselves a bottle of um wine. Thank you again, Josh. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, I have been in that area and there's there's a lot of vineyards. You want to put there. these on the shelf up there and see if we can uh
1: Yeah, there's a lot of cool places to check out it's it's uh, not an
0: ugly area either. Yeah, Billy uh, happened to says he's been to the winery before, wow. actually, so oddly enough. Yeah, I want to hook up next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, another quick couple of shout-outs to a couple of fans that uh, uh, reach out to us quite often. Uh, George, who's a local law enforcement cop around here in our region. And we want to give another shout-out to Ryan from Ohio. So, Ryan, thanks for your support. Um, we really appreciate it, dude. And um, good luck getting hired at the uh in your ohio state troopers uh, we wish you the best of luck yep. so anyways all right well let's um let's kick off the show obviously last time we told you guys that we wanted to do more of just like a, like a just winging it bullshitting just kind of Shining. bullshitting you with know? the three of us yeah. yeah yeah so you guys seem to like that uh we got some good feedback from our last mm-hmm. show so again thank you uh for that um and thank you for everybody that has subscribed to the channel All right. So we want to kick it off. Um, We'll start out with some training topics uh, for you guys. Mark has a pretty good story to share about why he had to medically retire um, due to a training accident at at SWAT training. Um, So Mark, why don't you go ahead and share your story? And then I think all three of us can roundtable topics about training and, you know, the A, A, the importance of it, but B, the importance of like the safety aspect of it. Um, And then I'll talk about some canine stuff and how... How I feel like your injury could have been
2: prevented, um, on a handler standpoint. Yeah, that would be good perspective. So ultimately, I mean, training coming from a full-time SWAT team training is very important. We trained every week and then every month a member on the team was assigned to do a specific type of a training day and that was outlined throughout the whole year, uh, but we also worked with the canine unit who shared an office with us. Uh, in every deployment that we had, we always had a canine with a specific canines devoted to SWAT that had gone through the schooling. The, I think it's skids. Mm-hmm. Um, we did operate other canine dogs and handlers, but they were on a patrol perspective. If a call generated where a canine responded and then it turned into a SWAT call out or a SWAT incident, then they would be relieved by another SWAT canine, yeah, or a dog that's trained for. Which is typical, that, that's typical of a SWAT team that integrates dogs. And, uh, we, we're going to do a canine training night, uh, in the middle of the night we went out and it was between, uh, basically like a large exterior search of a suspect. And because it is training, uh, the importance of that, cause we are using our real handguns, our real rifles, Everybody is checked to make sure you have no live ammo on you. Like we literally empty all of our gear out, which is a pain, but safety is paramount. Yeah. And then you have multiple people check your stuff, multiple people check your handguns. We don't run the barrels in the handgun. So there is no possibility. Your magazines are out. Uh, Real quick. So should Alec Baldwin um, should have attended this training? <laughs> uh, if, if he knew the four general principles <laughs> of
0: handgun safety. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, if you ever hear this, uh, you should probably take a tip. Go
2: ahead. (laughs) I think he's gotten many tips. Yeah. Uh, and then with our rifles, uh, we'd run a barrel flag in it, make sure that it's clear and safe and everyone's checked. And then there's, we literally basically draw a line. And then once you cross that, you do not cross back. And if you do, then you're rechecked
0: now real quick by crossing the line. You mean like, um, like once you cross that training line, you're entering the training grounds
2: yeah and that's a safe zone yeah no safe zone right so then no no ammo and none no loaded firearms in that area no the only per only no in fact actually now that i really think i was going to think the only person that is armed is the lieutenant that oversees the swat team but they don't even cross that they could monitor in a different way in in this case that that lieutenant did not even cross that uh where it was it was dark it was at a construction yard there's like uh skid steers pallets um all kinds of exterior equipment great training environment uh it was set up by a canine officer uh that actually ran with us uh it was a suspect that foot bailed from a vehicle so our team basically was set up to go up to clear the car and then at that point then we realized well the suspect's not in it he's going to be in this field uh, this construction yard so now we're going to start taking ground and basically break down the skid search the way our team operated is you took a position each person was assigned a specific role and you stay close and tight and everyone's covering specific areas because like i said before on the other one we worked off of angles yeah and then you utilize the handler and you, there's a an a swat officer that's assigned to that handler and it's like this is what we want and then that off office, SWAT officer and the canine officer, have we all had, but they, they have a good relationship so they know what each other's capabilities are. So at that point, there's, you can't argue about what you can't can do. So the SWAT operator is like, this is what we want and this is the, the ground that we want to take, can yeah. we? And then <clears throat> I, canine handler is like, sure, well, we can do it. Well, this canine handler specifically was not a skids dog, had never trained with us. I had seen the dog twice in five years. In uh, those two times were patrol incidents that rolled into a SWAT call and he was eventually relieved. He came out and was put in that position to do a skid search where the dog would range. Uh, and I didn't know that he had not been prepped or had not been practicing. I, I assumed that when he's there and he's ready to do that type of a search, that he knew what he was doing. And now the dog is trained up enough to integrate with us. Not that you're, we're just going to try something. Uh, so i was under the clear impression that he was ready ready to train with us so the dog he's trying to range the dog it clears a little bit and you could tell the dog is like confused like it doesn't want to because he was kind of the last error of you see somebody run and the dog is chasing that person mm-hmm. not doesn't really know how to range come back work between us it was just very odd the dog was very confused took a little ground moved up i moved over off of this section which is like six feet from the team standing behind a pallets covering down when the team shifted and that's part of our tactic sends the dog out and he at one point he's actually saying you know the dog is getting really frustrated and you could tell it was like doing circles it's just not acting like a normal skids dog barking a lot like while he's running in circles was a dog like barking and oh yeah panting just like we'll talk about that super looked very agitated but i I don't know what the dog is capable yeah, of. Yeah. I mean, if maybe yeah. that's the type of, dog. well, that's not your responsibility. Really. You're not the
1: handler. Yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah. And we'll talk about that, but go ahead. So it goes out and then given it commands and then I'm holding it down. And then all of a sudden I just feel like this clamp of an insane pain on my right leg. And I looked down and it was like, fuck the biggest, buffest, best looking canine we had is on my leg. And, you know they covered it they the, the canine officers covered it like hey if you get nipped or if you get bit like you need to say real bite real bite and it's like they tell you what to do and it's like okay well i can do that and i've been on a call out a legit call out where my buddy was next to a canine and the dog was getting frustrated and turned and like nipped the officer mm-hmm. and then they're like okay we're pulling the dog like that's it we're yeah. done for now the dog needs a rest well, that thing fucking latched on, and I was like, "Real bite, real bite!" Oh, ah, and like that was it. Just the most inhuman sound came out of my fucking body. It was. <laughs> I no, don't mean to laugh, dude. No, I mean but it's. It, God damn! It was fucking a roar of pain, and I grabbed. The natural instinct was to grab its face, and I did, and it yeah. tore the skin off my fingers. I had gloves on. It fucking tore through my skin uh and people think it's like oh you should have shot it like grab your gun like fuck no there was that was not even an option to well grab. you didn't have ammo in your gun so no but if i would have had i mean yeah if i would have I mean, had a point yeah. you couldn't even shoot him if yeah. you wanted to but if it was loaded i wouldn't have been able to right like just fucking physically couldn't do it yeah and that thing just thrashed me and then i mean they i mean the team and the handler like they responded like they should like they fucking came over they were like trying to give it commands it had like the electric e-caller e-caller yeah did nothing and then at that point it's like thrashing me and it was working his way up my leg and i feel it just fucking ripping i could hear the sounds in my leg tendons just being fucking ripped and it was working his way as up up my ass and i was like this thing's gonna rip my nuts off like i'm gonna fucking die right here and i just like flopped onto this pallet because it just sucked the fucking energy out of me it was absolutely bizarre it was the most excruciating I don't know how this dog had that much force. That's incredible. Uh, and my partner that I've worked with for years grabbed my arm because I was, like, just starting to, like, lose it. Right. And then my other buddy grabbed my other side and just, like, supported me while this thing just fucking thrashed me. And then I do remember at some point, and then they ended up telling me after that, they hung the dog upside down, and they couldn't get it off, and they are like, choking it out. And after the fact, one of the officers – was over at another section holding part of the scenario and they're hearing yells and screams and they think it's part of the scenario because the guy in the bite suit, you mm-hmm. know, when you, tr- yeah. I guess they yeah. make yell like they're yeah. being a bit. Well, people are like not communicating, like it's a real fucking bite and yeah. this dude's getting fucked. So they're over on the other side, not seeing this thinking, oh, this is part of the scenario. All right, they got the suspect. Like, so their movement's starting to change, but it's real and eventually they get the dog off and they said it was on me for like over a minute like that's a long yeah long time dude yeah like if you start a clock and you for a minute yeah that's, that's a long time oh yeah, yeah. And a just, dog biting you yeah yeah it was, it's not only that like it was fucking terrifying yeah and then they just dropped me on the ground they get the dog away and then going through like being on our team part of like the emt and like our medic evacuation part of like one of the guys on the team that developed those plans, like you listen to the patient. Like I was like, the first thing I said is get a fucking tourniquet on me. Like I was so fucking weak dude. There'd be no way I could have done it. And uh, I mean maybe a few minutes after, but I was like, get a fucking tourniquet on me. And one of the medics on our team rolls up and then my other buddy, my partner, like they cut my pants and they cut it up to my knee. And then it's just like, meat is gone on the side of my leg and it was bad enough. My boot had filled with blood. They're like, we got to like, we're going to pack this wound. And part of it is like, you could have put a tourniquet on me, but that would have hurt like a motherfucker. But the packing, like that, actually taking gauze and that like, hurts too. Fuck, <laughs> shove it in <laughs> my dude. It was like exploding my leg. Like, oh. <laughs> I credit the guy. I mean, he, he stopped my bleeding like fucking for sure. But like, it was so painful and I, I was in and out of conscious uh they were doing they had stripped my gear off they were doing like sternum rub and like fuck i had no idea uh and then i'm like coming through and i just feel just blood pouring down my leg coming from my ass i was like get a fucking tourniquet on me like i'm bleeding out and they're like we're good like and i could i could see that they're working on my lower leg i'm like no dude like this dog fucking ripped my ass like he yeah. worked his way up like listen to what i'm fucking saying. So they cut my pants up and they see like the punctures and the blood and they're like, fuck. But the medic on the team, like he did a, a an assessment and he's like, well, it, fe- it feels like it, but you're not bleeding now, So mm-hmm. the tourniquet's not needed. But yeah. I was like fucking out of it. They, the van that was a part of the scenario, they grabbed me and fucking carry me. I don't know who carried me, but they fucking carried me threw me in the van. And one officer like cradled me. And he's like, dude, you're going to be all right. We're going to get you fucking help. And all I thought is like, uh, and then they take off in the van and it's a gravel and just like, just like burn it out. And I thought like part of our evac plan is if you can be stabilized, we're waiting for medics. And if you can't be stabilized and you're totally fucked, we're self-transporting. Yeah. And I was in a van. I was like, I am totally fucked. Cause I am getting transported by the guys on the team. Like mm-hmm. I am not in a good position and he's just like talking to me trying in fact i think it was it was the same guy during my shooting that showed up just fucking he was there (laughs) really yeah Yeah. same guy it just like fucking was holding me because i mean they're hauling ass trying to get out of this construction site and like i just remember hitting corner after corner after corner and he's like fucking holding me and just trying to keep me awake and they get out to the parking lot and pull me out and then i was like dude my my hand is fucked like get my glove off and they're like everybody's around me like oh my god like what the fuck just happened and i was like get my fucking glove off dude like and they're like you're gonna be all right i'm like no get my fucking glove off dude like my hands fucking fucked and then they take my hand glove off and there's like blood everywhere and they're like i think they realize like okay maybe he got fucked up more than we actually thought because it was yeah. dark there so then they cut all my fucking clothes off but my little underwear and it's fucking cold outside in the middle of the night and like i go into shock and i'm like fucking shaking and i talked shit a lot on the team like i like to have a good time and talk shit yeah. banter and i was like you motherfuckers around me uh i'll have sweatshirts yeah. on i'm fucking in my underwear like someone give me <laughs> your fucking sweatshirt yeah. but they wouldn't do it and someone was like joking back and forth like trying to keep me like and i hear like the medics show up and then they like grab me and fuck take me to the hospital and it was like dude that was the last time i ever put a uniform on that was it still have the fucking cut up clothes and
1: fuck damn
2: yeah Yeah. it was nuts man like the pain is is and was like excruciating i still have blasting effects from it my foot doesn't fully work like i used to be an avid runner like i was in the competitions with the team like i don't run anymore like the foot just doesn't work fully like yeah so had you obviously had like permanent nerve damage uh, oh yeah yeah down your leg do a bunch of steps like your foot just starts to drop you get foot drop it like kicks off to the side but yeah that was it that was fucking last day wow <laughs> yeah man uh, uh, that's that's quite the story so going back
0: i mean um you know especially people like listening to this there's a lot of like good takeaways for training from from that story you i know? think a lot was done right there, there was a lot was done well, yeah, right and there was like a lot it. a lot done wrong yeah but. i mean like
1: obviously i mean we we could sit here and i'm sure we will talk about all yeah. the all the wrong but um, it sounds like you guys, well, you originally talked about, you know, making the scene safe and, and then we all know that's a relative statement when we do training in, in law enforcement, but firearm safety is huge. Mm-hmm. So you guys did that just great. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you guys had plans for plans mm-hmm. for plans and, and that's, and that's any small team has that, especially a SWAT team. And, uh, seems like you guys, you know, most people knew what the hell to do when, when shit hits the fan, which is,
2: Oh yeah. Well, which is you- great. You look at it from, like, our team, the SWAT perspective, fucking textbook, like, everybody's response, what they're doing, all of it. I I, I mean, we debriefed it, and, I I mean, you could always do better. But, like, that's the point of a debrief. You learn from that, you know? But, like, everything was good. I mean, you had guys that were EMTs on the team that were, like, immediately assessed, like, packed. I mean, they could have cut my pants up further. Okay, next time. Right. But, like... All of that the stabilization strip your gear like we had trained for all that i mean not that specific but we had trained for all that mm. and it all it all worked Can't you know and,
1: and it sounds like they got you to an area where the ambulance could get to easier yeah to you know that's just what i you didn't
2: tell me that but that's yeah, what i'm actually, guessing
1: was that was their plan
2: yeah when they pulled me out and put me on the ground and then they cut all my clothes off did like the full assessment in like because it was dirty and dusty and pitch black where we're at, where they're at was a parking lot had lights. Yeah. It was cl- a cleaner environment. So, I mean, that's where they did a full assessment. And they're like, okay, like, you're fucked, but not... Yeah. We don't have to totally... You're not going to
1: die. No. And especially, you know, with the limited equipment that law enforcement has for medical, which is getting more and more. I think most people have, or a lot of officers, and you should have some sort of medical kit, at least in your car, or, mm-hmm. or a tourniquet on you or, or something. But, um, you know, it seems like they use what they needed to and it's dirty it's you know it's you know you don't have everything that you needed there obviously and that's why we're not medics you know yeah
2: it, it 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 is dirty but like i know that god was rolled on the uh my teammate's arm which was covered in dust but like the infection is the last thing you're thinking of at that point right you want to stop the bleed yeah yeah so from the the SWAT perspective, it was good. The canine perspective, like they responded well, like the training up to that point. But like, I think from your perspective with the handler and like recognizing, I think, I think that's when that handler could have been like, Hey, dude, I got to, I, this is, this is not a legit scenario. Like, I, I need to stop. Yeah. And, and let's talk about
0: that. So, I mean, from a handler's perspective, you have a lot going on, obviously, w- with the dog. Um, a lot of guys don't understand that you can't take a, <laughs> You can't just take like a patrol dog and throw him into a SWAT type scenario for many different reasons. A, what is this? does a full kitted out SWAT guy look like? A bite to suit. To a dog. Yeah. A guy in a bite suit. Right. Yeah. So you have to take that in, into consideration. Um, you know, you, you can't, you, you have to be able to recognize as a dog handler, like when you're, when you're telling your dog to do something. And like you gave the scenario of the dog, like ranging out, doing circles, barking, he's getting frustrated. That's a very dangerous time for a dog. And and more than likely someone's going to get hurt in that particular time. And a handler, and that's his responsibility to recognize that in his dog, where if I were to send my dog out to go do something, and he's ranging out, you know, not that far and he's running in circles and he's barking, he's barking me as a handler. I'm going to go, I'm going to recall the dog back to me immediately. And I'm going to grab positive control of the dog. And I'm going to say, Hey, we need to, um, give the dog a break here for a minute because he's getting really frustrated. Um, and ultimately what's going to happen, which is what happened to you is if you don't do that and you continue to tell your dog to do something that he's clearly getting frustrated about, he's going to boil over and when they boil over, they're going to take their frustration out on something, whatever is closest to them to bite. That's what they're going to do. And unfortunately, you were probably in the line of sight of that dog when he finally boiled over and was like, he just got to a point of like, so he he's so frustrated. Maybe he wasn't understanding what the handler was wanting him to do. Uh, maybe he wasn't catching any odor of, of a bad guy. And what we don't understand as humans is like those dogs have such, their noses are incredible. And when you send a dog into like a house and you're telling them to go search in in an area, those dogs will pick up an odor really quick. And if you continue to send a dog into a room and that dog's gone into the room and he's not picking up odor, like right now he, the dog knows already that there's that whoever we're looking for is not in that room. And when you keep telling the dog, go in there, go in there, go in there. The dog is telling you like, why the fuck am I going in here? Like there's nobody in here. He doesn't want to do it. And so as a handler, you have to be able to recognize, like understand that behavior of a dog in general, but recognize that behavior in your own dog. So when your dog is behaving like that, you don't keep telling it to do what you're already telling it to do. And he's behaving like that. That's when you stop, you recall your dog back to you, like immediately grab a hold of it. And walk him out of that scenario or whatever environment that you're in, and, and and cap the dog, put him in a down, let him kind of reset its brain a little bit, and then either re bring him back into the scenario or whatever whatever environment that you're in. Um, but to just keep having the dog giving him a command when he's behaving like that, something bad's going to happen like nine out of ten times, and that's why I was frustrated in your scenario where you as a SWAT guy who know nothing about dogs recognize that like, Hey, it seems like the dog's getting pretty frustrated, but you're thinking, well, maybe that's normal. It's not normal. Um, you know, and it's not up to officers or patrol guys or anybody else that's working around a dog handler to understand a dog's behavior. Like that's not their job. Like your job as a handler is to recognize that. Um, you know, but even as a patrol guy, if you see a behavior like that in a dog and he's, you can see a dog is, acting very frustrated and the handler's not recognizing it probably a good idea to tell the handler or or somebody like, Hey dude, uh, seems like the dog's a little frustrated. Like, Hey, let's just kind of pause for a minute and let the dog kind of reset. That's a real dangerous time to be operating as a, as a handler is when your dog is behaving like that. And it may be in a real world environment where I've had it several times where I'm trying to get my dog to do something. He's not doing it. Um, he's getting frustrated and I've had accidental bites where an officer got bit. Um, you know, those are for reasons of cops that are like screaming and yelling out why the dog is out on a search. And we, you talked about it before where you don't want to do that. Like the number one rule we say in the canine world is don't be the most interesting thing in a search. Meaning when the dog is out searching, you were pretty fucking interesting. I, I guess. Yeah, he just <laughs> standing yeah. there. Yeah. Well, two different, two different circumstances, your circumstances dog, was just so frustrated and boiled yeah, over yeah. and bit the first thing inside, which happened to be you. <clears throat> Don't be the most interesting thing in a search is if the dog is out searching and he's doing his job and he's looking for that bad guy, or he's looking for the odor really, um, you know, and if you're going to be the guy that's like, Maybe you see the suspect before the dog does, and, and you start screaming out like "Show me your effing hands" or whatever, right? And the dog doesn't we would have, have never target lock? curse words. It would say, yeah. "Sir,
1: can you please show me your hands?" Oh yeah, no, we yeah, yeah
0: no, we would probably. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is like if you see the bad guy before the dog picks up the odor, and you start screaming at the bad guy, which is natural. Understand that you now just became the most interesting thing in the search, and you just now took all the attention to yourself and you're more than likely going to get bit. Now I mean, if, if that happens and you're a dog handler and you have a patrol guy or a cover officer who kind of goes off the rails a little bit, um, and and makes himself that the most interesting thing, you better get control of the dog immediately because in the back of your head, you should be thinking like my dog's going to go bite my partner. Um, and I had that happen one time in a house we're searching, dogs in odor. And I'm telling the guys like, Hey, dog is in odor and he's in a room. And we, I tell all the patrol guys, don't search anything. It's pause before boots. Don't open doors. Don't open closets. Like let the dog do his thing. Wait for the alert. And then we'll go from there. Well, the dog is in odor in this bedroom and this, this cop goes in the room and he pops open like a little, um, it was like a little hideaway, uh, closet in, in a room in a wall it was like a real small door and what does he do he pops it open and who's in there the suspect was in there and what does he say show me your fucking hands he's yelling dog immediately target locks on the officer because he doesn't see the bad guy and i luckily i grabbed him by the tail in time but he was gonna absolutely bite that guy yeah um so i my point which is his job at that like i mean like like he's doing. Yeah, the dog doesn't differentiate his cops problem. and bad guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, like if you if you're gonna make yourself the most interesting thing when the dog is in like the red zone of like he's he's in it to win it at that point. But um,
2: your incidents, it seems like someone else was at fault that's triggering the dog. Mine was. They are. Right. We were. They are. And good. so, and then the the handler just he recognized it. He just. I don't, I don't know why. And maybe he was going to give it 30 more seconds and call it. I don't know. But that was the dog. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Understand that when your dog's behaving like that, I I just want to make it clear. Like that, that is not a time to like, to to continue to give your dog commands. That's a time to stop. Like stop right now, call the dog back to you, get control of the dog, put him in a down and let him reset because
2: well, people, people have argued like, well it's a training environment like well where are you supposed to try to train and like mm-hmm. we had covered in, in the officer that led this training the can officer had covered all the safety procedures like we well, did we did it with like other dogs and there's no pro. and then the, this one is like so, oh okay to do it you so know? then i would
0: if someone wants to say that then i would pose a question well fuck okay like let me take a a day two cop out of the academy and throw him into a SWAT environment. And you never fucking do it. That's the thing. You don't do that. Yeah. Right. Like, nor would I expect a day two guy to even understand anything about what his job of, of, of clearing a, um, an area like a SWAT team would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that of that guy. Right. So why would you expect that of a dog to enter, to put a dog into that type of scenario? Who's never done it before. It it just doesn't make sense. And, And people think these dogs are robots and they're not you you have to slowly integrate them into a SWAT type
2: environment um well he he wasn't even he was set to retire i think like a month a month and a half the handler was not the handler yeah. like from his from a respectable career like yeah. solid dude all around whole career and then just you know he lives with it to this day the last bite he had was a fucking officer and, yeah. and ended his career. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that person being me in my career and yeah. I know he lives with it. And that's, that's a decision that, he, I mean, the guy was respectful. Yeah. Had a solid career, shitty decisions. Yeah. And that's his, he has to carry that, you know? Yeah.
1: And, and I think that, I think that we all can say we've made mistakes and training and, and everything. <clears throat> um, you know, hopefully they, they haven't resulted in anyone other. getting hurt, especially someone other than yourself. Uh, you know that's always to me that's always a big fear, but I, I think that it's it's good that um, like patrol officers or SWAT or specialized teams that are working around dogs a lot. I, I think it's good that you you like go out and seek that training and go to the canine training too. And I don't know if that's something that your team does or or what. I think that most of the time for you guys, the dogs coming to you guys and and doing that training. But um, like patrol guys, the the dogs aren't coming out and going to your training. I think it. For our department, it's, yeah. it's once a week they're doing training. Ask your canine guy, hey, can I come out and just watch training? Uh, can yeah. I, you know, that for, for me, like, I, I went out and I did canine training a lot. And I know the first five or six times I, I wasn't allowed to do anything. It was just observations. And then worked hey, my way work up to, it. you know, actually doing stuff. But, yeah, um, you know, and, and it taught me a lot about what dogs are, are doing from both sides. Because I've, you know worked behind the the handler and i've worked on the other side of the handler where you know in the bite suits and stuff like that and yeah and, and you see those dogs and what they're capable of uh, capable of and and i mean you're in a bite suit and and you know like it uh, still hurts so like a, a bite sleeve usually is is hard hard plastic hard yeah. plastic Can't and i and, and it's still you can get some thrashing stuff but like a <laughs> yeah. bite suit it it stops yeah, yeah. the
0: puncturing You still feel the pressure. You still
1: feel the pressure. I I remember coming back with, with bruises all up and down my arms. And I was like, I never, like, I never knew. Like I always thought, Oh yeah, it's going to fucking hurt when these dogs hit you. But after doing that, I was like, I don't want to fucking be on the wrong end of
0: this. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I say like, so when I was a dog handler and if you're a dog handler listening, like I had a PowerPoint that I put together myself and it's, every, um, rotation into a briefing, I would bring it and I would show the patrol guys like, this is how a dog works. This is what my expectation of you is as a patrol guy. And then I would do little scenarios and work the dog around the patrol guys, go do a building search or whatever. Um, so that guy, so that way guys get used to working around the dog, but that responsibility is on the handler to do that. Yeah. Like that's not the patrol guy's responsibility to, to understand how the dog works. Like, no, it's it's the opposite. The dog handler needs to be showing the patrol guys how the dog works. And if you're not doing that, I would strongly suggest that you do that because if something were to happen, at least you can go back and say like, you did provide some level of training. Um, and I think it just, it would prevent guys from getting bit out on calls. Um, you know, sharing the do's and the don'ts of, of being a cover officer for a dog handler. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's my two cents into it. Well,
1: and and you brought that up, like so. Your your thing that was almost an accidental bite where you grabbed your dog's tail. That officer stopped being your cover officer, and I don't know if that yeah, was I don't that. know if that was what his goal or what he was supposed to be doing. Because when I, when I've done cover for canine, it's hey, I'm I'm covering. That's what the you're handler. supposed to do. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> I'm, I'm not searching. Yeah, you're not for, searching. I'm not searching for anybody. Yeah, he's not he's not looking around for bad guys to, you know, attack him. And you and shouldn't I, even I, be watching the dog. No, I don't. I don't give a shit about the yeah. dog. He's watching the dog. I'm watching his back and or her back. And that's all I'm doing at that point.
0: That's if, all. That's that's until, what you're supposed to be doing. Until
1: the until the handler's like, hey, can you go? Can you open up that trash can? That's that's been a thing before. Mm. Hey, we're going to walk past this. Mm. Will you mind checking that? Just opening that door and checking the door real quick. Yeah. And at, at that point, uh, that's that's what you're doing as a as a. Totally different situation than what you were in, but that's that's what you're doing yeah, as a cover officer.
0: And the thing is, is like, if you're a canine handler and you're on a patrol team and you have guys on your team that are like, I don't know what to do when the dog is out. Hey, I'm going to say shame on you. That's your lack of training your patrol guys, what they should and should not be doing, period. So, my, my
1: answer would be like, okay, go grab a perimeter spot. You're not my cover officer then.
2: Like, oh, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it, at least at our department, like when there's searches, even patrol searches, like the canine officers know who they want and they, Oh pick. yeah. We, yeah. we select who our yeah. cover officers are. You, you don't
0: get to choose. Like we choose who our cover officer is. True. Yeah. So, and I'll tell newer guys, don't take offense, dude, but you're going to go take a perimeter spot. I'm going to take Mark with me. Cause I know your experience and like, I trust you. Cause your, your role as a cover for the canine is literally like, you're watching my ass. Cause I'm watching the dog. I'm also watching what's going on, but my main focus is watching the dog and ch- any change of behavior in the dog. Cause if there's a change of behavior, that's when it's, Hey guys, we're pretty, we're close. Yeah. Right. So that, that's what
2: my role is. Your role is to make sure I don't get killed. Well, that's hard too. And to have the discipline, I, I remember when I was new, I went on a search and the handler was like, Hey, can you come with me? And honestly, I was new. So that I was probably like the, the only person available and start searching and they i was like fuck man this dog this is cool like i'm watching the and they're like hey like yeah you can't watch the dog you need to cut like know what your role is and then it's like oh shit okay now i know what my responsibility is and it took like a quick pep talk for you know and unfortunately it was in a backyard where that person made it very clear like what my responsibility is Mm. but i didn't know that until i got there i was stoked to be with the canine and then like to watch it
0: yeah. And one thing I, one last thing to touch on before I did any search as a dog handler, especially if I wouldn't help out another agency, I would always bring the search team together and I'd say, Hey guys, here's the, here's what's going to go down. Um, this is, this is how I'm going to do a search on lead off lead or whatever. If my dog finds and bites somebody, this is what I want you guys to do. And I would run through like what my expectations are of every cover officer. That's a part of the search team so that we're all on the same page Everyone's going to have an understanding if the dog finds and bites somebody, what your role is. Um, I made that very clear before I did every, every search I did that I had that discussion with everybody, unless something was actively happening and I couldn't, but, um, I always had that talk. So that we're all on the same page. And then that way, you know, if your dog's biting somebody and then you got like three cops standing around and they're too afraid to go up and grab the bad guy. Cause they don't want to get bit. You can't have that, um, You know, so anyways, I mean, again, like if you're a dog handler, like those are things you should be doing routinely have that conversation before every search so that you're all on the same page.
2: Yeah. For the people that are listening, just to clarify that I had never had a negative experience with any other canines, the officers that set the training, like we had covered the safety aspect, like all of that start to finish. Like there was no problem. It was just that one officer made that shitty decision to do, to first of all, to do it. And then to continue. Mm-hmm. And that is like, yeah, that's when, yeah. As a shit happens. Well, you know? it,
1: and it sounds like to me is, um, you know, he sounds like that he was, he's seasoned. He knew what he was doing. Uh, oh yeah. From he, what you are talking mean, about. A yeah. Full,
2: a full law enforcement career.
1: Yeah. And, um, but you know, you get with, you know, anybody gets with around a SWAT team or, you know, a specialized team, they want to impress them and they want their dog to impress them, you know, whatever it is. And, I that could have been part of it. I, I don't know, but it could have been that, hey, I I want to show him that my dog can do this. And if I call my dog back and be like, hey, he's, he's yeah, fucking that's true. stressed
0: out. That's an ego thing. Then dude. it's it's that
1: it's that ego like, oh my dog yeah. failed, right? Yeah, he
2: sucks. He's, I can't do it.
1: And and well there's other guys. Up. There's you other know, guys
2: that send their dog and they're in the car and they're they're like no no, i'm not coming out to do this the dog's not gonna do it yeah yeah so yeah don't don't have an ego as a dog handler man
0: don't have an ego as a cop well yeah at all but for sure as a dog handler like somebody could get seriously hurt your case in point a dog is not something to mess around with and try to impress anybody like your dog is either suitable to do the job you're asking him to do or he's not and if he's not then don't make him do it because that's when bad, bad things are going to happen. And unfortunately, dude, that's exactly what happened to you. It sucks. Um, personally, I don't think it should have ever happened, but we could spend forever talking about a lapse in judgment is what we'll say on that. Um, and it is what it is. Um, but, um, you know, it's just
2: unfortunate. That's all. Yeah. Should never have happened for sure a lot of debriefs after it and a ton of good things. And you yeah. talked about right away, like the positive aspects, uh, there was a lot of good stuff that we did. The team members yeah. did yeah. other canine Most people don't do you all know. all that. And know? then the debriefs in it's only improved from there. Right. So, yeah.
1: And, and I, you said debrief like 15 times. If you're on a team and you're doing stuff, whatever it is, you know, maybe not every day mundane training, or maybe so. I don't know how you guys do it, but debrief, because and don't, and again, don't have an ego. Be like, hey, ah, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I tripped it up a little bit here or uh, be like, hey, you should be able to talk to your friends, your partners, and be like, hey, I think it would have been better if you did this. And then that, you know, them saying, well, this is why I didn't do it. And it, it gives everyone an understanding of what's going on and makes everyone better. And that's, that's not even that's, you know, you do an entry where there's a horrible guy in there and, you know, you guys end up fighting him or shooting him or whatever that that scene's going to be contained at some point go back and and rewalk through it as a team if you can i know yeah. sometimes scenes are frozen and, and yeah. things like that but yeah if you can it, that's always great because you can it's hard to say oh i went left here because uh and then you're sitting there like why did i go left here or whatever and you're like oh there was a dresser in front of me or something i don't know what it is but yeah. the,
2: those are i think debriefs are huge topics and we could talk about that another time or now but when you have the ability to say, you know what? I made a mistake. I went this way that costs different teammates to do something a little different And two guys back might be like, well, what the heck happened? Like that's not our tactic or that that was weird. Or they may not even know. And for you to be like, you know, I made a mistake. I hook left and I should have held or something. And it takes a lot of courage to say that, but oh, it builds trust.
1: It's, it's helped me out a ton. I remember doing it, an entry when I was on a, an art team of ours. And, um, I came through the door and it was stairs going up on the left, room on the right, and then a hall like a not even a hallway, like an entryway in the kitchen. Guy comes out as soon as I made entry, comes out and then goes back into the kitchen where I can't see him. So I just stopped and started yelling at him and my partners just said that I could feel him pushing on me like <laughs> and I'm like yeah, you know, like yelling at this guy and then, you know, I ended up working out okay and everything, but then they're like, "Hey, motherfucker, move." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh fuck." Like that's like that's like, 101, like, <laughs> yeah. that's like, that's like one Oh one, like entry one Oh one. Don't Man, stop. Don't right? stop yeah. Like I made it three feet in and I was just like, fuck. So, you know, again, <laughs> you don't have an ego too. Cause your, yeah. your partner's like, what the fuck were you thinking? And I was like, well, I saw a guy and I, you know, he disappeared and I was like, I don't want to go chase him, whatever. Which isn't
0: a bad idea. Like, well, those no, guys but show- I mean,
1: but it, the, the options I had was funnel into the room, whichever, which way or back out. Yeah. Not what I did. Stop in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. Stop fatal funnel, whatever you want to call it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But you know, know, I had a stairway up here, which I was like, I'm focused on in front of me. And, and there was enough room that people had, you know, stairway covered and, and they had the other room covered, but still I'm sitting there and there's still people sitting outside. Like,
0: yeah, wait, they're waiting to go. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I think is super crucial that, that, that I like to talk about is, you know, part of leadership is being able to identify like, where there's a void and stepping in and filling that void. So kind of similar to what you're saying, like if, if a dude does something off, off key, right. That like, that's not part of the plan and you like recognize that, like your job is to fill that void, um, not stand there and go, what the F are you doing? Or, and then sandbag them later or whatever. And like, and then now you just left this gap open or whatever it may be. Like maybe it's, maybe you know, you guys are, were clearing a hallway or, or whatever. And guys are shooting off into bedrooms and like one dude decides to shoot off into a bedroom on his own. And his number two guy does something different. And you're like number three guy. Well, do you, obviously I'm not going to let a guy go into a room by himself. Right. So if like, if you see a void, you know, fill the void and then come back to your original position, which you were tasked to do when it's all done. And then at the end you can debrief and say like, Hey, like, dude, what happened? Um, but a lot of times, like I'll see people do something that wasn't maybe part of the plan or whatever. And then sometimes guys are like hesitant to like fill that void. Cause that's not what their role was supposed to be. Like you have to be able to like break outside of that and like fill the void when you right. see a void and then, you know, and then return back to whatever it is that you were doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's super important to be able to do that. And then at the end, you know, you can all talk about it and be like, what, what happened? And then figure out what went wrong. I will say my partners on that instance,
1: they did exactly what you're saying. They filled the void, but there so, was only three that could fill that void. Cause and I have
0: stacked them up in that, <laughs> in that doorway, but I have a good example of that. So like as a newer off, I was a new newer officer at the agency I'm at now. So I'd been a cop for a few years, but I remember we were in a, in a, a vehicle pursuit uh, with a, uh, a shooting suspect that shot up, shot at a car in an apartment complex, whatever. Right. So my Sergeant finds the car gets in a pursuit. I'm now number two. And then my buddy's number three in the pursuit. They end up um, crashing into a into a uh, fence at an apartment complex. Passenger footbails, who he was ends up being the suspect in the shooting in the first place. We knew that. Um, he leg bails, and the supervisor. I'm sorry, did you say leg bails? Leg
2: bailed. It's foot bail. Foot bail. Uh, leg b- I've never heard leg. I've never leg. Sorry, I just never heard it's leg
1: bail? No, it's foot bail.
2: Yeah. Okay. You, you're talking. Like he foot
0: bailed from the car. Yeah, like he leg bailed from the car. He's got legs, right? Yeah, no, no one says leg, leg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. leg bail. He foot bailed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, oh, I thank you. Know thank about. you. Now, yeah. every, now he jumped everyone out of the car and <laughs> with his two legs, he ran. uh, And so his two feet. Yeah, yeah. And he jumps <laughs> over, goes to jump over the fence into the apartment complex and like my sergeant like totally bypasses the car and does the whole like chase the rabbit thing, right? And luckily I like, I'm like, Fuck, the car there's still a driver in the car they're involved in a shooting. As I run up to the car, I see the gun sitting right there on the passenger seat of the car. And so, I can see that he's got a hold of the guy, looks like he's got he's getting control of him, right like instead of running to his aid, I filled the void on that and I held the pa- the driver at gunpoint until some more officers got there to help him out, but it's like what what was I going to do? Just run past the car, leave the driver in the car by, by themselves with a gun sitting right there because my boss, you know, in that, in that instance did the wrong thing. That's what I'm talking about. Like you got to fill the void. Um, when you recognize something's not right. And then at
2: the end we all talk about like, why did you do that? I think that comes with working with the same team for an extended period of time. Uh Not if you put 12 cops together in one beat and said, go to work, it is not going to be like that. I think it's going to be really not smooth. And if you have the same people that work together all the time, when someone makes that mistake and someone picks it up, the next person recognizes that and they know how to adjust and everyone knows how to adjust. And and not to
1: mention that, you know, you know the capabilities of your partners too. Whereas like if it's one-on-one in a, in a wrestling match, you're like, Oh, I, I trust that, he's you know he can handle himself pretty well so now you know i or if it's someone you're like
0: they're gonna get their ass kicked if i don't get over there then well it's kind of like your shooting story that we talked about last time like your partner's in a fight you've got this dude at gunpoint and ends up being a turns into a shooting like
2: you just hope the person and and part of that is like you said you really know and should know people's capabilities yeah in everyone you know tall short big different sizes everyone has different fast slow
1: whatever yeah. it is capabilities you know? but you got yeah. you
2: got to know what they yeah. can do and if you ride with someone i think you got to have that conversation of if i get shot what are you i want you to or whatever it is if the passenger runs then you, you know the passenger leg leg bills, leg bills. Bay, yeah. uh, no it just doesn't sound right yeah. if the passenger foot bills, <laughs> yeah you go like you got to have all those discussions i think yeah you no you i agree dude and, and,
0: and having the discussions of like you know hey you guys got to learn to fill a void if you see it, right? Like if yeah. a guy steps out of key, then fill, fill the void. Um, you know, those are all like conversations that should be being had in like briefings and yeah stuff like that, because that's what makes people better. And sometimes guys and, and gals don't get to work with teams for that long of a period of time. You know, you gotta, you gotta like let people know ahead of time, like, even brand new on a team like hey guys just so if somebody steps out of whack or out of key or whatever make sure you're filling the void if you recognize it and then and then step back into your original element um yeah and,
1: and yeah i mean like we've all worked with those officers that may or may not do things a, a little less safe we'll just say you oh know? yeah for and, sure and you know you know that guy or that girl and you know hey they're gonna they're gonna see rabbit run chase rabbit. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. you know I I've, I've been guilty of that before, and that's just kind of those people. And I'm guilty
0: of it. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, we're all guilty. Of I, it. I think I, yeah.
1: And I had I and it goes a whole other thing is in in my department in patrol. I was lucky enough to be able to double up with people a lot, and that made things I think so much safer. Oh, um, for sure. Especially where I work most, if not every single call, except for a straight up cold report is a two person two, call. I two didn't. man
0: call. Yeah. yeah. So
1: why why not? Why not have them rolling together? Whereas, yeah, you do that vehicle stop and then all of a sudden pasture takes off. Hey, my passenger, or if it's me is chasing that guy, I'm covering the car, mm-hmm. you know, and you have that conversation, especially if you're spending 10, 12, eight hours with that person, I hope you've had conversations about about what you're doing with with a partner, especially. You should. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. If you're doubled up in a car, you guys definitely should be on the same page. Yeah. Like, hey, (laughs) I mean,
1: if anything goes, I'm driving. You're on radio. Yeah. Or you're driving. I'm on radio. Whatever it is, Um, you know. Hey, when I'm hitting an intersection in code, I'm clearing the left. You're helping me out on the right. If you see something, yell. Whatever it is, It, it makes. I think a two man car. Two person car, I guess we're doing now makes everything so much safer. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and make sure you're on the same page. I When you ride with somebody, it's different than having a partner. Like when I say I had a partner, like I had a legit partner. Like years I worked with that same person in the car. I'd say, hey, you want to work an overtime shift? They'd work it. Like, yeah, we went to the SWAT team together. We made entry together. Like to me, that was like a partner in we knew i knew his strengths he knew my strengths weaknesses and we had had those conversations it was it was brainless after that yeah. and like it was so smooth and other cops would know like if something was happening like they knew what we were doing and how we were doing it and then same with us with other people that had partners and then when you get like i i mean hands down a praise to you, ftos for taking a new person constantly mm-hmm. for a month at a time yeah at least especially
1: I nowadays i think
2: most departments have trainees non-stop it seems like yeah just the the turnover but you get those guys that that ride together and, and they're paired together you know like they're working together today the shift that's really hard mm-hmm. trying to be like oh i'm i'm only looking left or right or do you want to or can i it you know like i think having a partner is yeah
1: yeah so so for me it was like you you didn't have to pair up and it wasn't like hey you're pairing up with this person it was like Hey, can I pair up with this guy? And, you know, like you're talking the first few times, hey, you know, figured out our thing, you know, different quirks and what we're we're trying to do together. And then I think it ended up being over a year where, you know, they're not every day because sometimes we were short and then they say, hey, it's one man, one person
2: cars and, and whatnot. And I understand that. I, you know i didn't there was a time where people wanted to ride together and they're like no nah, we don't we want more cars out there mm-hmm. than the budget hit in like 2008 right. and nine and they're like now people got to double up and everyone's like i don't want to ride with this person and then it switched back but yeah. well, could you imagine there again? should
1: never be a forced, <laughs> forced double up i don't think so never you should never be like hey
2: yeah mark
1: you're riding with kyle and no. you're like, I, I don't like Kyle or like Kyle does think. not yeah, maybe Could you imagine don't... the dynamics of that? Like... Yeah. Maybe it's not that I don't <laughs> even like Kyle. It's Hey, maybe Kyle and I don't, you know, we're both trying to, we're both chasers or something. Yeah. You know, we, we, none of us have a level head when, when <laughs> yeah. one or, or whatever Which it is. Which is true.
0: Probably, you know, probably. You know and, <laughs> yeah. and
1: it's like, Hey, maybe that's not a good, a duo and <laughs> you don't need to be forcing yeah. it. You should be like, Hey, I want to, I want to ride with Kyle. I want to ride with Mark.
0: Cause you're all, <laughs> Kyle's yeah. a bit of a wild card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. We want to talk about, uh, some training topics and give you guys some training tips. Um, a lot of times I think, uh, we all three at least agree that most, most cops don't get adequate enough, adequate training, um, as it relates to, to our job, um, you know, our everyday job. Um, you know, unfortunately in the police world, you know, whether it's funding or or staffing or whatever the case may be, you know, there's only a handful of actual mandatory training days that most departments get a year. Um, you know, which obviously I, I don't think is enough. Um, so we, we want to give you guys some ways on how to increase your training ability, um, using everyday things. And, um, Mark, you brought up a good topic of finding homes that are, or neighborhoods that are being freshly built, um, you know, like new model homes or whatever, uh, which we, we use a lot of on for canine. Um, but do you want to kick it off with, um,
2: no. Yeah, I do. Uh, (laughs) Uh, one of the things that we did on our SWAT team, but it worked on a patrol team level too. And that's where most of the guys adopted that was in the area that you work, you may not have the opportunity to to float through a house or to clear a house with two or three of your guys on the team. And you may go depending on where you work, two or three weeks before you have to clear a house. And that's not the time when you want to actually clear a house and figure it out. So we would, and I would recommend Find new housing developments that are being built, and go talk to the superintendent, the sales people that are working. And if they have the model homes already done, they're furnished. That's a house. Walk through that thing with your partner, and spend some time in there, and really learn the layout of, of that house and how to move through it and how you would respond to it. And then go to the next house because there's usually like I think like four or five mm-hmm. model. They're homes all different, yeah. And move through them. And then come through the back door and go that way and just change it up. Have you go first and then maybe I'll go first and then we'll do three people.
1: And furnished is huge too. I think like uh, if you can find a furnished house, it's, it's, it's a world of different.
2: Oh yeah. Searching a, searching
1: a house with nothing in it. You're like, Oh,
0: done. Clear. Yeah. It, it's so different. But Two feet in a room, you're done. Yeah.
2: But if that's all you
0: have, I mean, there's it's still a lot of nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of value. You can, you can work even on like low lighting conditions, you know, using your flashlight to clear Um, you know, so if you, even if you had a vacant house, I, I still think there's, uh, some value, um, in using, you know, a vacant house to do some type of room clearing. Um, like I said, especially if you're a graveyard guy working at night, you know, work on flashlight techniques and, you know, when are you going to illuminate a room and when are you not and backlighting your partner and all those things? I mean, um, you know, those are all things I like to work on with my patrol teams.
1: Well, and it brings up you know people think oh training is i'm going to this class i've got you know you can look at my resume or whatever it is that you have and it says i've done this training this training this training it doesn't have to be a formal training where you get your little bullshit certificate or whatever at the end of it says that you stayed awake for a powerpoint yeah for eight hours (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's you and your your partners your team your your friends whatever it is um sometimes off duty whatever it may be And doing that and going, Hey, hey, come over to my house and you know, we'll search my house and you know we'll go over to your house and search your house or something like that. that. And and that's huge. It's just and and that and and I know like my my department at one point didn't have team policing. Um, where you had everyone had these different schedules and they were all overlapping. So when you went to work it wasn't the same guys every day or girls and and you were Mm -hmm. you're on these you would go and you'd be like, Oh, well I worked with this guy the other day, but the next day you're working with this guy, you should have team policing and you should have, you should have a patrol team that you work with on a regular basis. That is huge. I think.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. But yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And that was something we did on our K9 team was go to these new housing developments and even ones that weren't furnished or maybe didn't even have drywall. I mean, We would somehow be able to incorporate some type of level of training into it which i think is a great idea i've never had anybody say no by going to a developer and asking them to either for a key or or whatever and really i mean you're kind of doing them a favor too because you're preventing people from breaking into their you know model homes or stealing stuff whatever so the new housing development thing is a great idea. Schools
1: um, are also good at night when there's, when there's no one there. because Schools, yeah. You know, it's not always a building search that we're doing. There's yeah open field searches. Um, you know, there's all kinds of different searching that we do. And, and hopefully you'd have a canine if you're doing a, a, a bigger search. But still, you, may, you might not.
2: Well, yeah. schools, a, that's a good topic because hopefully not. But if there is a shooter and you're going... And you happen to find the stimulus where that person is and maybe you, and hopefully you pin that person down and you're asking for help and you're relaying where you are. Most cops are not going to know where you are in that school. No, schools are complicated. They're confusing. They don't make any sense. And mm-hmm. how am I going to get to you? Mm-hmm. So if you could walk a school with your team a few times, and I mean you could do community engagement with kids, just start walking around and then kind of learn the layout of the school. Yeah, yeah. I'm by A building. Well, where I the mean, fuck I, is A building? Yeah,
1: I, I think that if you you know work a district a lot or an area a lot, you should know where the schools are. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, hospitals, other things that are are big, bigger targets and stuff like that. And and walk through them, like you were saying, know them. You don't need to know them like the back of your hand because, you know, in a lot of places you just can't.
0: And I say if you're a graveyard guy, man, I would take the opportunity of some downtime in the middle of the night if you have it. Dude, go grab a partner and go walk that stuff at nighttime because at nighttime it's going to look so different than daytime. Um, You know, and you may not have the active shooter in the middle of the night, but you may, you know, get someone that runs from you or whatever. You may be looking for somebody on a school campus, um, in the middle of the night, which happens a lot. Um, I would say go, go check that stuff out at nighttime, go walk to campus with your partner, Mm -hmm. um, during some downtime and just get a layout of it, the lighting and everything.
1: And then there's a lot of neighborhoods that are, um, subdivision type neighborhoods where there's, there's only like five or six houses, in those subdivisions too. So if you, if you have areas like that and I don't really recall having too many like that, but apartments and stuff like that, I I know I've gone through apartments and I'm like, okay, it's either this way or this way. Right. And you can pretty much figure that out from the front door. I've been in that apartment 10
2: times. I think whoever designed apartments or to get an apartment complex designed and you take the plans, part of that stamp off where they're like hey this is a good deal is how do we make this confusing confusing <laughs> I, mean, I knew you were gonna say that this <laughs> looks great let's i knew it twist stuff i and know make no sense and oh, done. Yeah, Stamped, yeah. approved yeah it is totally fucked even the people that live there don't know how to get that there. and in fact a guy on our in our academy moved from out of state he was only here for like two or three days drove to the academy had no idea how to get back to his apartment. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, could not get back to his apartment and back then phones didn't have maps like he drove mm-hmm. around, he said for hours until he <laughs> found his apartment. Legitimately, I'll tell you who after. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I believe it. That that <laughs> that was a big factor in like my
0: first shooting. I was in like just such a confusing layout of this apartment complex and not knowing where this a target apartment was i mean that that ended up being bad for us but um oh yeah, yeah. you can never rely on the numbering system no, i will, they're I will terrible. tell you that they're it's terrible locating
1: it but yeah. um
0: everyone every cop that's listening to this right now is laughing because they're like yeah it's true they're all well, agreeing with us that like you pull into an apartment complex and it's like hope hopefully you don't have to get there immediately because you're not going to oh no, like, i I've, I've driven through so many apartment complexes
2: no, with my or walked with around
1: my, with my spotlights like And then it's
2: always at the front. You're like, oh, it's at the front. It's like you've got a board, drew maps on it, put little like trinkets of buildings, all nice, fake trees and grass, and then you go to bring it in to show your boss and you trip and you drop them and then you're like, shit, I gotta get them back on. You're like, here, (laughs) here it is. Like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you're like walking around, you're like, oh shit, it's not on this side of the building. So then you walk all the way around to the other. You're like, it should be on the other side of the building. You walk around and it's like you're missing the number of the apartment you're looking for. It's like you're looking for apartment four and it's like one, two, five. You're like
2: fuck. In the map at the gate is even more confusing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's like, so true. Yeah. I'm here, but no. I know. That's funny. Yeah, no, nah, that's true. It's but,
0: true everywhere.
1: But I mean that that you you talked about your shooting and stuff like that. Um if you're if you're in an incident in a large apartment complex or where, or school or something like that, give out the as much information as you yeah. can, like,
0: like North, not,
1: I'm, I'm Northwest of the gym or I'm nor- the football field or uh, there's a pool in at the, yeah, something, whatever it
0: is. Yeah. Landmark. Give
1: that out. It's building 10 and, and try and know that when you're walking up to the, the mundane call, the report call. you know, recognize those things. Cause that's when shit's going to hit the
2: fan or, you know, the, if you're, if your department has maps in the cars yeah. and you're like, Hey, Map my car, or you're like, map my car, and I'm three buildings to the east, like, because yeah. naturally people go to the car. Have yeah. you guys ever got into like a, uh,
0: like a vehicle chase or a, uh, a foot uh, pursuit or whatever? No, and- never. And you catch the guy, and you're like, they're like, "Where are you?" And you're like, "I have no idea." Oh, you're yeah. like, "Map me." Yeah, I, I've done that several times. I had a guy in training.
1: I, I had one like that. That's,
2: that's even you have worse. No clue. I was like, yeah. "I'm not. I have no idea where I'm at right yeah. now." Like, you're gonna have to map me. I chased a guy in a backyard and was fighting him. The homeowner came out, asked if I needed help, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, you know." <laughs> and my partner's like, not my partner, sorry. Uh, responding officer was like, "Where are you?" And I'm like this is where i'm at and he ended up being in on the other side of the fence in an alley one house down but could not find me i'm like i you know like you're like dude why are you not understanding but like my communication was confusing to him yeah yeah
1: i've I've had a homeowners come out and you know sitting there watching or whatever and then usually it's i would have someone in custody or whatever or still struggling with somebody i'd be like what's your address? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. then I would just, at some time, or what street am I on? Like, yeah, what, what street is street? this? I've, I've had that, like, hey, where am I? Mm-hmm. And uh, usually they'd tell me, I, I'm pretty sure someone told me the wrong address once, but
2: I <laughs> that's Imagine a whole other story. If a cop just appeared in my yard and is like out of breath, struggling with someone and is like, hey, what's your address? <laughs> I'd be like, holy <laughs> fuck. This dude is, he must've ran some distance. Yeah. Like he doesn't know where he's at. Yeah. So I guess that's important is really know where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes dude, or I mean,
1: when you say map me most of the time, it's going to be your car. It's right? my car. Yeah. yeah. So if you're
0: on foot, you're screwed. And then you can be
1: like, okay, I, I ran North from my car yeah. and then I went East through a field and I came to the, I, I went through two streets or I went through two houses or something like that. I, I don't know. Like
2: yeah. the best you can. Some, sometimes that's all you got. Cause, well that's having a partner's great because they can like kinda communicate and stay there with you. Yeah. So
0: since we're on the topic of training and and that that scenario of like kind of not knowing where you are, um, f- one day for a canine training, I set I put t- I went to this neighborhood and I literally knocked on like so many houses, dude. And I got the buy in of all the homeowners to set up like a real life training scenario where the hand like nobody else knew where we were gonna do this scenario. They didn't know what the scenario was gonna be, but I got the buy-in of all the homeowners to do like a, like a mock foot chase yard to yard search. Um, and it was actually really cool. I mean, um, it was, it was an all day event. It it took a lot of preparation to contact all the homeowners. Like, Hey, can we use your backyard? Search your, search your backyard. Um, you know, make sure they don't have any animals and stuff like that, but I got it all put together and, and it ended up being a really good training day you know, I mean, maybe once a year, if, if, if somebody can put something like that together, if you're on a specialized team or whatever, go to a neighborhood that, you know, is friendly to law enforcement and, um, put together like a real world scenario using real houses and backyards. And it ended up being like a really cool training. Um, and at the very end of this training, there happened to be a vacant house on this block. So obviously the handlers and officers that went, that I put through this training, they didn't know that. And so they had to actually physically search these houses, contact the homeowners, ask them for permission to to search their backyards, ask if they had any animals and go through the whole thing. Right. Um, So it was pretty cool. And at the very end of it. Obviously unbeknownst to them, this, the bad guy was hiding in a, in a vacant house that was on this block. Hmm. um, With the bite suit on. Yeah. He had a bite suit on, but then like I set up a gun at the sliding glass door of this vacant house, right. Where hopefully they saw the gun and it was like, okay, do we pump the brakes and slow this down? It, maybe this might be a SWAT call now. Um, now you have a firearm involved. One guy ran this scenario and stepped on the gun. I'm not shitting you. He stepped on the gun. Didn't even know, <laughs> didn't even know the, that there was a gun there. Hmm. Continued on with the search in the house, found the guy and whatever. I'm like, Hey, come outside, dude. Let me show you something. <laughs> I show him the gun. I'm like, you were standing on it. Didn't even know. But I guess my point is, is because it was more of a real world, type of search um, involving actual homeowners and stuff. You know, I kind of got to him a little bit more, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, so it was pretty really cool. Think about it. The, the more real you can make training the the better yeah. it is. And it's hard, right? Cause it is hard. It takes a lot of work. I mean, f- for us real is, is danger and yeah you can only you know take that so far
2: i mean yeah obviously but, but you gotta have passion for the training like exactly and that's that's want the thing to do it into better and yeah i think the whole point of training is to when you put on a training day. i think you should already have in mind things that you want to achieve and things that you want to fail and things that you want to improve on so like if your team needs equipment put on a, a, a training day that has those equipment needs that one shows like, hey, we need this. But then also, what are we going to do because we don't have it? Mm-hmm. And then what went well? Like, what are some things that are good takeaways? And then what were the failures? Because you're always good. Once you start a scenario, it it kind of just evolves. And you may want it yeah. to go this way, but it's going this way. Yeah. yeah. You just roll with it. That's the whole point of a good scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Just to let it go. But I, I really like having an uh, actual concept when you start of what the goal is mm-hmm. and how do we identify deficiencies and then what are some things that I want out of it and how do we identify like some failures? Cause the failures I think are really where you learn from a training day. Yeah. yeah. And, and you brought it up on a, on a previous episode or show, whatever we're <laughs> calling these, um,
0: a shit show, a shit show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a shit show. Yeah. Uh, Inducing some some sort of stress to that, yeah, for too. sure. The best you can, and and you cannot you cannot replicate the real time stress. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that unfortunately for you, you added a shit ton of stress to oh yeah a, a, a training situation that turned
2: real, yeah, it, it it, turned real, it real
1: turned, quick. But yeah. your team got got stressed on a medic a medical evac, you know, real quick. Like that yeah. was that that training became real, but that's the in they the is. end find a
2: car and everything yeah.
1: in the end that's what you can look back on is hey the, on this training we learned about medical event.
2: <laughs> We learned about the importance of like actually carrying your medic and your your equipment with you and having it accessible and mm-hmm. who's who do they use my medic equipment or do they use your like all that comes into play and you should talk about like you should talk about that as a team too cuz i my my thinking
1: and and you might have a different take on it always use the victim's medical stuff first if you can
2: definitely so sometimes we actually carried medic bags that had all kinds of equipment in it and specific officers would carry them on their backs and that was just like the mass casualty kit yeah and then we'd have another bag that we carried up to the front door before we made entry and you just dump it at the front door but i think every officer at least one tourniquet and chest seal Mm -hmm. or well, probably two, because if it's through and through through your back, you got to have at least two chest seals. And then if you know how to pack an actual wound, some gauze. Yeah. But and or knife or shears, too. I, you need I ca- shears, for sure. I certain. carry
1: shears on, on my best. And Absolutely. people make fun of me all the time for it. I'm like, I've used those more
2: than my knife, probably. Well, how do you assess somebody... If you can't cut their clothing off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just throw a tourniquet on and and do a quick evac, but once you get them in a position where you can actually assess them, you got to cut the clothes off. Mm -hmm. Everything underwear, everything. I think we talked
0: about, (laughs) I I think we talked
2: about, yeah. For, for Billy, if you have to cut
0: his underwear off, prepare to cut a thong off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not wearing anything today. (laughs) We have an officer that, that doesn't work for us anymore, but he legit free balled it. Like did not wear underwear. And like he was in an OIS. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. but um, <laughs> No, please, do. <laughs> I remember... How do you I don't, know that he didn't wear underwear? Oh, uh, he
1: may have known. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> he, I, don't, I think we may have talked about it on a previous episode. I'm not sure, but um, when you guys had one of your your guys get shot in the belly, right? And I show up, and I'm trying to help this dude, yeah. the officer. You know, I remember, like, getting the officer in the back of the car, and we're rushing him to the hospital because he got shot in the gut, which is a terrible place to get shot, you know?
2: Like, that's your... the the uh, like the luck of you need a surgeon all you the only that's going to fix that is it yeah a, a tape that thing seal it unless it's super low in the pelvic but you got to tape that so thing. his
0: was like right by the belly button so you know i'm in the back of the police car with him i'm trying to give him first aid a it's dark you were in the back of a police car with in a cage it's hard and i remember being very frustrated like i could not get his gear off like i couldn't get his vest off quick enough i couldn't get his his duty belt um so like you talk about having shears on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't carry those on me. And I, I can vividly remember like one of the most things that frustrated me the most was this cop is like dying. I'm trying to help him and I could not get his gear off fast enough to figure out where, cause I didn't know where he was shot at at first. Eventually I was able to get, I was able to get his vest off and rip his par- partially his duty belt off. But I remember that was like one of the things that frustrated me the most was like, I wish I had a pair of scissors or something to just cut his damn clothing and, and I'd have shit. Think about that situation.
1: If you didn't have it on you, even, even if that say that officer that's driving you to the hospital has a full kit with him, it's in the trunk or it's in the front seat. Yeah, it's not accessible. There's a, there's a cage. There's there's no no pass through no. that I know of, at least in our cars. I don't I don't know of a pass through that you can be like, Oh here, let me <laughs> why is this back you know. to you? No. Mash yeah. it through the screen. And, and no. What are you gonna do? Like, uh, let's stop, get out and grab the kit? No, it's and especially that situation, you you guys were fortunate enough that you were fairly
0: close to a yeah, a hospital. Um, a trauma like a trauma hospital too. But and still
1: that, and that that brings up another thing know your area very well we have in our area and we've all worked the same area for the most part
0: there's a, we several have a
1: lot of hospitals yeah several are not trauma hospitals mm-hmm. and when it comes down to what officers are going to be involved in and needing medical attention i would say
2: 99
1: percent of the time it's going to be trauma related and here's the thing like if
2: you're if you're transporting an officer in a car it's trauma yeah you got to know where that trauma hospital is because exactly. everyone thinks and
0: he did like the the uh the, it was another sergeant that drove us like he, he was money dude like he knew exactly where to go but we i think we like to think to ourselves like that's yeah, pro that's the likelihood of that happening to to one of us like having to do an officer rescue is probably not going to happen to you and then t- but until it actually happens well y- and it, i mean I'm not going to say like I was caught off guard by it because you know, I, I think I'm prepared for something like that. But as far as having the right equipment and shit on me, like I wasn't because I, that was one of the things I could not, I was so frustrated. was like trying to get his shit off and I couldn't because I had no way of like cutting it off.
1: And, and sometimes it's not, I mean, for a patrol guy, you're not going to have a a full kit probably on you. No, but, Um, but for me, when I was, when I worked patrol, I had on my seat on a carabiner, i had a kit and if it was something i could grab it i could hook it onto my
0: belt i could hook it onto whatever and if i don't need it i don't need it but how yeah but at least have a purpose for why you have the gear or equipment that you have yeah and know how to use it
2: yes especially with your offhand if it's a tourniquet and your your normal dominant hand gets injured like how are you going to manipulate your non-dominant and then if you work in a dark environment like you said how are you going to be able to see dude? It was tough.
0: I'm like, I'm trying to hold a flashlight. I'm trying to like do first aid on him, rip his uniform off. Like it was very hard and it it, was frustrating.
1: And then when you talk about self rescue or or self medical equipment, placement is huge too. Um, you know, if, if you have it right next to your gun, your, your tourniquet and say you're shot on your, your strong hand, I mean, practice that. Yeah. Reach depending over. on your
2: size, you might not be able to touch your gun with your other hand. Exactly. If you're heavier set or, or so think you know, about buff that as we are, <laughs> <laughs> I can reach off. But
1: that's important. The things that you, you know, that you're going to need no matter what. Yeah. Have those accessible from each hand.
0: And, and I would the go as f- you can. I would go as far as to say, like, I would challenge cops to like, run a scenario where like you're having to throw another officer in the back of a patrol car in a caged car environment and do some type of like first aid, you know, just to get the feel of it because you're not like a wide open area, like where we train or practice or whatever. Like you're in a very confined area. Your movements are super limited, you know, and like my circumstance pitch black, you know, so it was, I had never, I'm not like, I'm not going to lie. I had never practiced that before. I had never practiced that in the back of a patrol car. And look, n- nine, if we're going to be transporting an officer who's been shot, stabbed, whatever, if he's critically wounded to a hospital, you're going to be in the back of a patrol car, right? Yeah. Most times. Oh, yeah. So why not practice that? I I mean, mean everyone should do that. You I should. had never practiced that before until it actually happened. And what are the odds of that even actually happening? To me, it's, it's zero or a hundred dude. Like a lot of people throw out statistics like, Oh, that's like pff, 1% chance of that ever happening to you in your career. It might be, but guess what? It's either 0% or it's a hundred percent
1: and and law enforcement statistics don't work.
0: I fucking hate it. No, I because, hate it
1: because you're where you work and where I work or where you work, they can all, well, they all are pretty much the same, but demographics wise, you could be in uh I don't know, like a town of three people. And that could be your problem, your, your area that you're in charge of completely or areas that literally there's no, no people just campers or whatever,
0: or no hospitals around
1: whole different issues. You're not going to, the chances of you, the, the odds of you getting into, you know, having to rescue somebody, a partner from an OIS are, are a lot less um and then but then you have that whole other issue is hey that hospital's an hour away
0: but what happens when it does happen then it's a hundred percent
1: but you should know like hey it's an hour away i'm not going to self-transport yeah. i'm going to go to the top of this hill where i know a helicopter can come exactly or w- whatever it is that yeah. you 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 cross you you have to check those boxes in your mind long before, before it happens long before they happen
2: yeah i agree i and, think if it's 20 minutes or, or more i'm I'm waiting. Calling for a, heli- calling for a helicopter. helicopter? Yeah. yeah, if you drive more than twenty minutes, I mean that's and, and we yeah we don't problems, have that issue. Thankfully, no, hell you no, know. we're lucky. Well, you guys are. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I and and that's that's great. Mm-hmm. It, and and we'll say, oh yeah, well you know where we where we work, there's a lot more likelihood that that happens, right? That that it could happen. But then there's the, the guys that are literally an hour away or backups. Yeah. Backups, yeah. 45. I, I've talked to officers and they're like, my backup is 45 minutes to an hour away. And I'm like, fuck. That's,
2: that's a whole
1: different game. You learn yeah. to be, a, and, and the way that you police becomes completely different too. Yeah, because you're, be. you're not, well, I mean, you're not going to be like, fuck you. Like, yeah. Hey, put your hands around your back. I'm going to beat your fucking ass or whatever it yeah. is. You know, like <laughs> obviously then, wouldn't say that, but until they're like, Oh really? Yeah. But I mean, like, you're going to be like, sir. And they're, you know, step towards you and you might be like, okay, I'm going to step back. Whereas with, in a, in a densely populated area where you have a lot of cops, you might be like, step towards me. Yeah. Okay. Let's hey, yeah, call I'm 10 of stop. your
2: partners over. And it's funny you say that. Cause I was uh, maybe a month ago I was up in Montana with a bunch of friends hunting and we were out in this area where some other hunters were. You kind of all kind of parked in the area and you all ventured off with your side-by-sides and stuff. And uh, a game warden ended up cruising up on us and was talking to us because a couple of the guys I was with got some elk all kind of in the area and was asking all these questions about it. And everybody was answering it. And super nice, very cool dude, took our information. And then he's like, all right, have a good day. And he leaves. And one of the guys that was not a cop or ever, a cop was like, ah, he was super cool. You know? And yeah. I was like, do you think that guy's going to be a dick to us? We're yeah. out here with fucking tons of guns. Yeah. Like we could kill this dude and bury him. He, no one would ever find him. And yeah. we were joking. We're like, well, yeah, he's super nice. And he's going to go back and submit for a warrant. And we're all going to get fucking warrants. The next yeah. time we get a traffic stop, like <laughs> yeah. the guy's not an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, so.
1: in, which is the way he should play it. Yeah. Yeah. No matter yeah. what. I mean, yeah. like say, say he walks up to it and you're blasted with your prison tats on your neck. You got You know, I don't know, a teardrop coming out of your eye or whatever. And he's probably gonna act the same way that he did to you because it's gonna be like, Oh yeah. And he's not gonna ask the questions. He's gonna, you know, not Hey, are you a felon? Why do you have a gun? It's gonna be like Oh, that's a nice gun. What is
2: that? Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: you got a gun. Oh, okay, what's your name? You know, just I gotta check it up for the tags and everything. And then you walk away and he's gonna be like And a warrant's (laughs) coming your way. Yeah. (laughs) Or he's gonna be like, Hey, I need ten of you guys to come out here. I'll wait an hour (laughs) or two hours, whatever it is but you walk yeah. away from that. Keep yourself safe. That's, that's, I think yeah. that's the moral of the story is.
0: Well, we talked about last no episode. Ego. Yeah. And and I actually had a couple comments from our last episode about like treating people with respect. Like so many cops fail to do that. And it's like, dude, like who, like who are you trying to impress? You know, like because you can punk somebody out because you're the cop and like, they have to do what you say. I mean, that doesn't mean you should talk to people like that. There's a time and a place for it, but Yeah. You don't treat everybody like that. Like treat people with respect. Honestly, like cops get so butthurt about like people lying to them or like, like, Oh, you find a dope or what? Like something stupid right in their backpack. Like that's not my backpack. But like, you're like, okay, well whose backpack is it? Right? Like some guys will fucking tee off on people like that. It's like, just laugh about it. You know, even that somebody gives me a bad name in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, why is he giving me a bad name? But I'm going to probably laugh and joke about it with them face to face because I don't want him to, to know that I'm like keying off on that. Well, Just, I, I don't know. I treat it like the game that it is. It's, it's cops versus robbers. It's, it's we, a game.
1: When we were kid, yeah. it was, it was cops versus robbers, right?
2: Everyone to be it, the robber,
1: you know? Yeah. And it's nowadays it's in law enforcement. Hey, they, they don't want to go to jail. They don't yeah. want to get in trouble. So yeah. what you are they should, gonna do? And i to be like, I got you. And yeah. then, and and half the time, or or even more than half the time, they'd be like, Yeah, you got me. Yeah. this, this <laughs> time, you know. Yeah. But I'll get away next time. You're like, Yeah, you might. You know, yeah. I don't know.
0: Depends on the cop. Yeah, you might. Yeah. You know? So, anyways, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to let your guard down. You shouldn't for sure, especially if someone's lying to you. But you can also treat people with respect and just laugh it off. Well, of it, Who cares? it goes
1: to eliminating the threats that you can immediately. Like, hey, if I if I can walk up to you, um, you know, I've always. In in California where we work, probation, parole, I can detain, I can search for the most part. I know some, especially parole, but some things change. Not Washington, but I mean, I could pat search at least. Um, I would hope, uh, but eliminate those threats if you can. Like, hey, just uh, you know. Hey, I, I contact you. I'm like, Hey man, I just, you know, I don't know you. You don't know me just so that we can sit here and I can be a little bit more chill and You can be chill. Let me just, you know, pat you down, make sure you don't have a gun or knife on you or anything like that. Quick, quick, something like that. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna go through your pockets or anything like that.
0: Yeah. It's all about half the the time
1: that that works. And then, and then you can, you could, I'm not saying bring your guard, turn it off. Right. I'm not saying you bring it down a little bit. You can. And that's when you can be like, you know, a guy puts his hands in his pocket. You don't need to be like, take your fucking hands out of your pocket. Ooh, watch that wine. Yeah. <laughs> watch that vino. But, you know, you don't have to be like, take your fucking hands out of yeah. your pocket. Be like, you can sit there and have a relaxed conversation. Because a lot of the times, I'm I'm guilty of it. I'll be talking to somebody and stick my hands in my pocket or whatever, or nervous, whatever it is. And, and that's what they're doing. It's not they're trying to reach for a weapon. but And if they're doing that, use, use it in, your beha- in in your advantage, too, yeah. being like, Hey, you know, since you want to keep putting your hands in your pocket just to make things everything a little bit safer, you mind if I just pat down your, or maybe even search your pockets, yeah. if, you, if you can get to that? Yeah, that's a consent search
0: done, dude. That's why knowing what you can and can't do is crucial in this job. No, no case
2: law, you don't know. Note you can and can't do. <laughs> There's a, a buddy of mine, switched from my agency, moved to Michigan, got a job there, working patrol at the FTO, does a traffic stop. This FTO goes back. It's kind of just observing, takes him out of the car, pats him down, starts emptying his pockets. And the FTO uh, comes up after he he detained him in the car. He's like, wow, man, did he just let you go through his pockets and everything? Like he just consented to all that. He's like, well, no, he's on probation. he's like, oh, this is michigan like <laughs> michigan. you can't search on probation here no. he's like oh my god you yeah, can't yeah. he's like he's no. all here take this gun and put it back in your pocket <laughs> he's, he's like get oh, out of here put
1: it back in your pocket all right, yeah. so here
2: here in, in the no, right s- city i work at you can't search when people are on probation yeah, yeah that's like Washington. Yeah, like, like it's can that yeah. and that oh. that's
0: weird to me that's super weird I mean, for him too <laughs> yeah yeah like, obviously. I, I could never imagine
1: that <laughs> yeah. like like because i I've pulled over people like you on probation parole I, and they'll be like, yeah, cool, step out. Yeah. Click, click, done. Like it could be 80 year old grandma. Like, yeah, I'm detaining you. Like I can, I will. If you can detain somebody legally, you should do it.
0: Yeah, you should. It's safer. Yeah. Yeah. Just explain, everything.
1: explain to them though before yeah. be like, Hey, look, it's just safer for you, safer for me. And sometimes be like, oh, you guys are just going to, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, cops are just killing people left and right. Be like, Hey. Cops are not killing people in handcuffs, so right. you know, for the most part, yeah, we're, most we're part. not shooting people in handcuffs. So me <laughs> the put part. you in handcuffs, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and play that game. Play a little back. Like, yeah, you can give your ego can can take a step back and be like, okay, like you want to say all cops are are killing people left and right. Okay. Well, yeah. hey, let me put you in handcuffs, and then you know everyone's I, safe, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Or let me hold on to your cell phone because we always shoot people with cell phones. Whatever it is, yeah. um, use those
0: things. Should. We don't really. But yeah, no, I mean, those it's are all. It's perception though. Like yeah.
1: like we, we deal off of perception and what yeah. people think. And whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Yeah, It shouldn't matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um,
1: no, I agree. We have that. to adapt to what the people think. And if they're thinking that we're out to harm them, then we have to adjust it.
0: You gotta be a good people person to be a good street cop. Like you gotta play off of like who you're dealing with and like get down on their level. Um you know, it just all depends on you have to like recognize who you're dealing with and like be able to kind of adapt to their environment.
1: I've, I've seen that go bad though. I've seen officers trying to get down on their level. And well, don't like,
0: sound stupid, yeah. But like
1: if <laughs> like don't I mean, go down to your level that you think like it like knowledge wise is, is of their level, you yeah. know. Don't, don't like being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm from the streets too or whatever. You know, like.
0: <laughs> no, I don't mean, I mean like that. I've, I've seen it. I've well, seen people. Every every no, new I new have. I that. have. I've have definitely seen, seen that. It's a, yeah. Every I mean, like, in, or I, I, I think you just play cool, dude. Just like, just play cool downplay things if you can. And, but in the back of your mind or in the back of your head, like have the plan so like act a leg chase or something just be ready for that leg chase yeah that leg bail leg bail yeah
1: leg it. bail i'll get it is it legs or? i just can't believe legs, you guys have like, never heard of that i've never heard of that
0: i hope somebody leaves a comment like if you've ever heard of the term leg bail please for the for my sake just <laughs> throw it out there um <laughs> zero comment but no, i don't mean like yeah don't don't try to act like somebody you're not just be cool, dude. Like be you, if anything, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Just be natural. So anyways, those are some great, great training ideas and tips, topics for you guys. You know, maybe you'll take a, if you're listening and heard one of those training ideas, like take it, run with it, take your team out there, apply it. You know, we, we challenge you, like we give you these things, like go out and apply it now. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, I also want to bring up like your
1: pre-op planning, especially if you're on a large team or something like that, have a pre-op plan. Or if you, if you have the ability to, like if it doesn't have to be a team, it can be, Hey, we have this downtime in patrol. We're going to go try We're going to go do this probation search at this guy's house. Cause he's a bad person and we can,
0: uh, <laughs> I like that. And we can,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, say, Hey, okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. If it goes bad, this we're gonna we're gonna fall out. We're gonna keep containment of the house, or, or hey, we're gonna if we make it inside and we know he's in a room, we're gonna stay in the house. Whatever it is, Um, knowing that nearest hospital, talking about it, yeah, that's crucial. Having an evac plan if something goes bad, and like you guys said, if if it's crucial, we're we're taking you. If it's not, we're gonna call for a medic. And
0: when I yeah, when we do pre plans, like whatever. Like I will look everybody in the face, be like, do you understand the plan? Yes. Do you understand the plan? Yes. And if somebody says no, what part of the plan don't you understand and explain it to them? If you bypass that and someone doesn't want to raise their hand because they're like too ashamed to say, I don't, I don't get the plan that could be problematic. I make a point to like, ask everybody if you, if you understand the plan or not.
1: And that's a different thing is it's coming from you as a sergeant.
0: Well, no, I, even as, as a dog handler, like I was a, doing that. But even as a dog handler, you're
1: you're a leader that a lot of those people look up to, right? And if you're like, do you understand the plan? You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Well,
2: then you're going to ask everybody, what, what, what was yeah,
0: my you're going to be like, what, what am Sir, I Sir, I don't understand the plan. <laughs> what fucking part of the plan? Don't you? No, I, I don't mean like, don't be a dickhead, but it is important though, like what you said, that's pretty freaking crucial. And I would go to say like, if, if a team like your team or a dope team, or whatever has like a pre-planned event and they have a pre-op put together and they all know what the plan is. And like, there were so many times that as a dog handler, they'd like hit me up after they did the pre-op briefing and they'd be like, Hey dude, we need you for this plan or whatever. Like um, they already did the briefing. I would, just be, I would be like, well, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not just going to like fly into this plan without knowing anything about do, do the guys yeah. know what my role is? Do I know what my role is? Like, I don't like that at all. I'm no. either a part of that briefing or I'm not in it at all. No. Cause I mean, and then you can bring in, I've, I've had
1: times where we had undercovers or plainclothes officers so and everything. And if you're not there during briefing, I don't care if you're two minutes late and you weren't there.
0: You're not in it. You're gone. Yeah. You're out of the fucking plan. And, period. and our, and our, every plan is, is, is
1: assessed. Like until we get that guy out or whatever, then it's, Hey, okay. Now we can bring the, we're calling Calvary anyway, but in the meantime, we're we're taking that that's under control, and then it moves on from there. But yeah, I agree, dude. It, it happened in uh, yeah, I can't. Was down, it Florida it was or something? Or, I think it was Texas or Florida where uh, Those a, a, lieutenant, got- a lieutenant came yeah. up to, and he was lieutenant of the team, and he rolls up and yeah, so it got UCs out of control. Were- people had guns out. Sure enough, the the UC had a gun out, and lieutenant crashed on the car with the other people like they were supposed yeah. to, but the lieutenant didn't no wasn't there uh, for the pre-op didn't know what the uc was wearing or undercover was wearing or didn't know him that well i don't know
0: oh sees a guy shot him
1: sees a gun shot him like five times
0: yeah his own guy so that's why it's imperative if you're not in that pre-op briefing dude you're not a part of the op no yeah and 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 if someone asks you to be a part of the op and you missed the briefing and they they know what it is and they ask you to come into it and you've already missed it Dude, you gotta tell them, no. I'm not in it, or I need, we need to. I need to be briefed up on what's going on, yeah. and they need to be briefed that I'm now involved in this. You don't just wing stuff like that. That is so dangerous. Yeah, and I use that example that you're talking about. It's caught on video. I want to say it's on like cops or something. Where yeah, dude, no, it's all yeah, caught yeah, on yeah. video, dude. Yeah,
1: it's all on video. It, they show it. It's he
0: it's fucking shot death. his own guy, dude. It, because in such high stress, he like failed to recognize his own guy in plain clothes and shot him. So don't don't do that like man don't you're not a part of an op if you miss that briefing that's so so important yeah and you that's i mean like U.
1: C. is kind of a, a whole different story yeah undercover like advanced kind of different thing like you're probably on patrol you're not going to be dealing with an undercover
0: yeah. or a rescue or something like that but it's it's something to think about at a smaller agency you might if they're putting something together, you could very well be a part of something like that. I'm just saying like, yeah, you bring up a really good point. If like, I, 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 and you should agree.
1: And, and if that, if your department is so small that they can only have an undercover, then you maybe you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have an undercover. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just in my, my opinion when I've done undercover, like once or twice and, and I wanted to know who my rescue was. I would
0: too if I was and, the
1: undercover guy. Who's coming to save me? And and I and I would <laughs> ask him like, hey, so what, what's the plan? Like, and usually it was like, hey, I'm grabbing you, and you know the other guy's like, I'm taking threat, whatever it is. And if you're unfortunately sometimes if you're that rescue, you have a vest on, your partner doesn't. Your partner's in there. You're getting in between them. Like that's that's your job. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a weird situation to think about because I've done rescue oh. or I've been the rest, never had to do it. Luckily, knock on wood.
0: Fuck. Have you guys, did you guys ever have a, um, like a code word? If like shit hit the fan There was like, ours is always like avalanche. So like, if you guys, think you avalanche know, is used a lot. Like, I, well, I've always wondered in, like an entry is like if you, if you do an entry avalanche is get out. GTFO, I've always wondered, right? has yeah. anybody ever, use that shit it's a fan like i could just imagine like shots are being fired or something goes wrong and someone's all avalanche no like we
2: had i call bullshit we had staged to be the rescue team in different takedown cars or around the building and stuff for uc operations and it was always in a sentence and you would use the you know like the top you know i'm not drinking starbucks right now or sorry Mm -hmm. you know like there was always something that but
0: i'm saying like at, like you're doing entry into a house and like shit goes bad like rounds are being fired or something goes bad like there's that one word where like you're supposed to say and everyone bugs out ours is like, avalanche and we had it has like it. avalanche right yeah, so i guess used everyone it. uses avalanche. avalanche too yeah we, has we, anybody yeah. ever used it like yeah, has anybody
2: actually said avalanche yeah the team had actually used it on a real entry into a bedroom they found some type of explosives and they said avalanche it was the last room thankfully so the house is clear but they're like hey avalanche like that's crazy. We got to go. And then, you know, I was like, fuck. And then you do your reverse movements out. And then it's like, well, what the fuck was going on? Yeah. Well, I guess we all have the same code word. <laughs> anyways. Hey, yeah, super code. Yeah. That's for like an immediate bug out. That's just like a verbal for everyone. Like you get see, the hell out. Take down codes are totally different. You know, oh, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to know what it is. Yeah. No, yeah.
0: I, anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, do you guys want to wrap it up? I mean, I, I thought that was a great conversation on training and, giving some tips on you know even on small teams you can apply those training tips and go out and apply them and you know if you only have a couple guys on a patrol squad or whatever like you can use those training techniques um i really like the model homes homes one i mean because those pop up everywhere like what a what an easy way to get access to a house to do work on several different things room clearing angles lighting all of that so it was good and
1: get with uh if you're a patrol person, get with your tactical guys, your SWAT team, or if it's an ancillary <laughs> where they're on your patrol or they're on your shift or yeah. if they're full time, be like, Hey, uh, how, how can we clear this room? And you know, they're going to be like, okay, it's six of you. And you're gonna be like, no, it's two of us. Like <laughs> go through it with two or three. Mm-hmm. Cause most of the time it's two or th- yeah, three, th- three, I would hope you, you could get three, but
0: Train realistic. Yeah. Don't train outside of like your means of what you operate with, because then it becomes unrealistic. You got to train what's realistic.
1: Yeah. And have those guys walk you through it and have them make fun of you and be like, what, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, what are you doing? Like,
0: yeah, that's yeah meant to learn mess up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go out and make mistakes in training. Cause when, when it comes down to it, you don't want to make that mistake because of the, real life. the, the steps to
1: do it are, you can do it in any, you can do it in an open field for all, You can be like, Hey, there's a box here. How do you do it? And we've done that in our, in our garage before we had tape on the ground. Yeah. Because once you're in, I would hope that after doing it for a certain amount of time, you know how to address couches and beds and and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that, that helps to practice it. But if you don't have it, just hit a corner somewhere. I don't don't know the corner of a house or the corner of a building can be a door if, if you treat it that way. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yep or i hope you have a station that's indoors
2: (laughs) clear the (laughs) station i don't don't know yeah i don't (laughs) think we're dealing with a station sounds nice yeah Yeah. yeah. if
0: you're a cop and don't have a station indoors yeah you should probably go lateral somewhere else yeah (laughs) go go work go work somewhere else anyways all right we'll shoot anything else you have anything be safe yeah yeah be safe guys thanks again for tuning in honestly we seriously appreciate it if you're listening on itunes or not uh podcast app give us a rating on itunes if you're listening on youtube we appreciate it if you like it please obviously subscribe share it with a friend too you know i mean um if you guys think there's value in what what you're listening to do then and share it with a friend but um until then i guess we'll see you all next time later, later. Right, Copy additional shot fired. Shot fired, shot fired, shooting at us. Shot fired, shooting an officer. Okay, no six down. Okay, He's at the base of the stairs, white t-shirt, white mail.